everybody, and welcome back to episode 13 of the pre-production meeting. I am your co-host, Joshua Urquhart. My name is Austin Scott. And welcome back to another week in the podcast room where we talk about movies, films, news to do with movies and films. But this podcast is based around one thing. It is our progress to do with making our next films. Now, Austin, how was your week, my friend? Um, I'm going to put the week out of 10. Uh, I'll put it at a like seven and a half. Okay. Based on um, my own progress with what yep. I'm tasked with. Um, a lot of stuff's working behind the scenes as per usual. Yep. And I can't be any more grateful for uh, the hard work that everybody is putting into this passion project of mine. And yep. it's, um, yeah, I'm really excited for November 25th. But um, yeah, I've got some things to talk about in the progress that I'm kind of like hitting the block with. Um, like, like we said, this is what this podcast is about. It's like the, the doubts, the triumphs, the trials and tribulations, yep. all that kind of stuff. The block I've kind of hit at the moment, um, I'll go into, but, yep. um, yeah, no, it's been a good week nonetheless, because things have happened that I wanted to happen. Yep. And, um, you know, a lot of people are working on it. So it's been, it's been really good. What about yourself? It started a she way, but before I go into that, I think that kind of happens when you're getting to the near end of your project, exactly especially right. in pre-production, everything kind of goes out of your control. Yep. And although it might not seem like there's a lot that's getting done, there's a lot getting exactly done. Because right. you think about the heads of department that are working on their like side of things to get stuff done, to get ready for the filming date. You've done all you need. I mean, yeah. we'll go into it. There is stuff that still needs to be done, but I think you've got to give yourself enough credit that you've kind of put the ball in motion to get things running. Yeah, because that's the thing is like, when we first started and then um, like there was so much that I was doing, I was like, oh, it's been a really good week yeah. kind of thing and stuff like that. But then now because like, you know, I've kind of handed over the keys and yeah. um, heads of department have taken it's off. It's scary, with their, man. It's like out of your uh, control. It's, yeah, it's out of my control. And I'm just feeling like, oh, like what what am I doing? I need to do this, this, this and stuff like yeah. that. But then I'm like, oh, wait, that's, you know, that's being done. So, yeah, that's why I put it there based off my yeah. efforts, not anybody else's yep. efforts. That so makes sense, hundred yeah. percent. But my week started off pretty shit because I've, as you can probably tell in my voice, I'm getting over sickness again. Mm-hmm. I fucking always end up sick <laughs> and uh, sick for like three days, and then I'm fine again. But there was a day where I literally just couldn't get out of bed because uh-huh. I was just so drained of energy. Uh-huh. You know what? I take it as the world's kind of message to Josh: slow the fuck down, take a break. Because be ever since out. this podcast has started, every single day. There's been lots and lots and lots of stuff to do with the film, the podcast, et cetera, external shit. And yep. I think I needed that day where I literally was like, no, nah, I'm not doing anything. And Absolutely. also the guilt was in my head. I'm like, <laughs> you need to be doing stuff. I think it was good that I just, you know, stopped Sometimes and recuperated. Sometimes you need that, especially when you're busy as, yeah. Um, and we spoke about it with Lexi last week, like yep. burning out is a thing. Um, you know, it can... Um drain you mentally drain you as well 100%. sometimes you just need to take that break and just kind of take a step back and go i need to reevaluate and then get back into it yeah and look man it's always important you have to prioritize your mental health with this um and your physical health because it does take a toll on both definitely and you just mentioned lexi right that podcast last week i've got to say that was our best one <laughs> best it one was by a good far. episode We've it was a great episode a lot of engagement i actually put the question out to lexi yeah. that clip that came out when you described harry potter very badly yeah and she went lexi but then went oh no what was she gonna uh, what say what was she gonna say <laughs> <laughs> I, when I watched point. that clip back, I was like, 
Why didn't we touch on that? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and uh, it just got me curious. So Lexi, please answer this question. Yeah, you need to answer. What, what were, were you, you going, going to say? say? There you because go. Because the description was one thing <laughs> and what you thought was something else and I need to know. Oh, I don't think I want to know what she was going to say, to be fair. <laughs> oh, that was too funny. Oh, Maybe giggle. But yeah, I'd love to like, Thank you to everybody that's just jumped on board the pre-production oh. meeting. Like so many, bro, our followers, I know it might not seem like, but we're over a hundred followers on TikTok and Instagram now, which is incredible. There you go. It's, Much needed. Yeah. <laughs> but then with that as well, like that's all a bonus to the like, things we're trying to do here and stuff like that. Um, but just like the comments you see, like, and the people that are, you know, following the journey and stuff like that, it's just so humbling. It's so- It is. Like- both, I know you and I are both grateful for it. It's um, it's massive. It's something that, like, you know, granted where we were when we exactly, man, um, we're in that hole. Hundred followers where, from the zero, bro. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. So, um, you know, thank you everybody, and like, can, I hope you continue to embark on this journey with us. Exactly. And, um, you know, we're excited for where like, this is going to go. Like you said, it's a bonus, but it it how I see it, I see it as people that can connect with our journey. Oh yes, absolutely. Right, and I think. Us doing this was not only for us, but for other people as well 100%. that might be in the same position. Yep. And I feel like we're doing our job. Definitely. And that's the that's the most humbling thing. And where I also, I won't go into how me and you came across this solution, but we have just beyond imagination improved from our first podcast. Oh. We are so comfortable <laughs> when it comes to hosting a podcast oh yes and just free flowing and it's great because you listen to this back <laughs> i can't say why but um it's just been an eye-opening last week it, yes definitely yeah yes, um and to touch on that yeah. like i think back to our first podcast episode mm. and mm. like you know now we've kind of got our camera settings down yeah Pat. we've got the Volume. I mean, we think that, and then we had a whole third camera yet last week. Yeah, but right. The footage fucking but corrupted. Think about shit. us two film students went to film school for two years, and then when we got in here to start this podcast, and we're like, "Oh, how do you set up the camera again?" <laughs> like, you know, it was shit like that. But now it's just like Josh and I don't even discuss the time we come in here anymore. Yeah, we don't discuss we just know. the setup. We don't. We just know what we're doing. No, sorry, no. I, like we, we did. Yeah, we're yeah. not professionals by any means, but like I mean, we know what we're doing. Like routine wise yeah and then you know it's something that you know we want to build off and we're hoping that we can tell show people that they can do it too if they yeah. want to so and look i think we're smashing it and spotify if you want to chuck us a bag let's go <laughs> we'll be a spotify original or spotify only so Ooh, hit us up you know the pre pre prod meet at gmail.com or something like that i don't know you'll find it if you need <laughs> um all right let's get into the first segment done let's do it the wrap up baby wrap up. like every week we have watched some interesting <laughs> shit this week austin you take it away first because i know you've been watching some interesting shows and movies yes yes i have so um the show that i've been really getting into because i resubscribed to binge Yes, and I cancelled my subscription to Binge this week why? because it just randomly takes out $16. That is fucked. $16 oh, they, yeah. for a streaming service. They're usually they're below 10. Yeah, yeah, fair call, fair call. Um, but yeah, so I resubscribed to Binge because I wanted to get into, um, I, I've been meaning to watch Westworld for a while, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't watch Westworld. But then I was like, you know what? What if this show's on there that I watched? I, I remember I was buying them on disc when they were coming out on TV. Right. Like years ago when it came out. And I was like, 
maybe because it's a HBO show, it'll be on binge. I looked it up, saw that all of it's there. I was like, this is what I'm binging. That show is ballers. You were buying that on DVD? Yeah, back really? in the day when it came out. It was on when it was on TV and then the DVD came out and I just How binged old it all that it? way. Uh, that's a very good question. I'm going to say it yeah. was in 2015. Right. Because based off what, what they talked about. Holy shit, yeah, that's Literally long nail ago. on the head, 2015. Wow. Um, yeah, back when I had my Xbox One. Disc compatible, ball, yes. ballers oh. every season up until I think I watched up until That's season so three because I'm sort of um, remembering stuff while it's happening. But yeah, so I just went, I'm going to binge that. And so to give everybody context as to what ballers is about, if if yourself you don't know what it's about and anybody else it doesn't, uh, ballers follows The Rock. Mm-hmm. He is a character named Spencer Strasmore. Yep. He is a financial manager to uh, professional NFL players over in. Uh, the National That's Football right. League. Yeah. And um, it's about his um, he's an ex NFL player himself. He, you know, spent his money stupidly and everything like that. So it's about him building up and making up for his mistakes from the past, which you learn about all through the seasons. Yeah. And for me it hits special it hits such a special note because I'm a massive, as everybody knows, a sports fan. Really? And it gives me the behind the scenes of how, you know, contracts work, how like players' mental yep. being is utmost priority, all yep, that kind yep. of stuff. It gives you that humanizing factor of professional athletes. Based and on it, a true story? Uh, you could say it's based loosely. on a true story, okay. loosely, because yep. then like NFL players make cameos and stuff. Like, really? Oh, fuck, there's Jarvis Landry. Oh, there's Antonio Brown. There's I know um, Antonio Brown. Uh, I never know how to say his name, but his last name's Sue. So, Sue! Um, Sue! <laughs> <laughs> that should be a soundboard you on this. You set it up. Oh, that should. You should. <laughs> Probably that was perfectly set up. <laughs> But um, see, then Terrell Suggs, um, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, Tom Brady, like all the, oh, like yeah. there's cameos. And so it's Good great. old Thomas Brady. Right, there yep. you go. So it's like, it, it's so just special to me because I'm watching how the behind the scenes of a professional sport is played and stuff like that. Something that I will never, well, like I'll never aspire to achieve, but like, you know. Weren't you once upon a time going to be like a professional surfer? No. <laughs> I thought you did. No. Weren't you I, doing com- competitions and stuff I like wanted that? to, but then I I just stopped and I started playing footy instead. So, Which you do play very high-level football. Oztag. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that. But yep, um, yeah, it wasn't a compliment. It was a fact. Uh, <laughs> 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 but you are very Australia good. B-side, but, you know, this is, did you actually? Played against Scott Drinkwater as well. You know, that's oh, what fuck. it is. No, kidding, you are very good. You but, carried um, out Oztag team in the year that you played. No, I... You all were the boys good. turned up. All the boys turned Fantastic. up. That grand final was one of the best games I've ever played. Yes. So, there you go. Um, no, yeah. So Ballers was um, Ballers is the show I'm binging at the moment. I'm just enjoying it. It's such a, like, it's a drama, comedy. It's know, funny. Yeah. Motivational yep. kind of thing yep. as well. It's just, yeah. It's, and it's still going? No, I think it's finished. Oh, finished. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm currently up to season three. There's six seasons. Okay. And so that's a lot of content to consume and I'm all for it because yep. that's my, that's my, principle is that i just like to binge the stuff mm-hmm. i don't like this week to week nonsense but you know some people like it totally fine yep um and then yeah so that's ballers I is think. that is that a seven bucks production is that one of dwayne johnson's production company oh i don't think so because sure? it's that old it could be I, I haven't seen that if you were to try and entice somebody to watch it how if you had one sentence that you had one sentence to try and entice somebody to watch it what would you say 
Um, if you're into how professional sports is run behind the scenes and maintaining a positive image in the public eye, mm-hmm. Ballers is for you. How about if you're not into sport? Watch The Rock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. The Rock is the Rock looks really good in a suit. So there you go. what happens if people hate the Rock? Which many people do hate the Rock because he, you know, quote unquote, plays the same character every movie. If you like the state of Florida and mm. Miami, <laughs> watch Ballers. What happens if you've never been to Miami or Florida and have no intentions Don't of going? Fucking there. watch Ballers then. <laughs> is that what you're trying to get out of? <laughs> Just wanted to push you as far as I could go. Um, no, Ballers, please check it out. Check out Ballers on Binge. <laughs> on Binge, yes. Or HBO Max for, we have listeners from the US. No. Yeah, what? from Florida and Texas. Flo- there Do you, you like go. Ballers? Hey, there you go. Ballers. There you go. There you go. We have um, some whack countries that listen. That's pretty cool. I'll show you actually. after. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the most recent mm-hmm. film that I've watched on top of the TV series was Fall. Now, I'm very interested to hear about this. Now, Fall was a lot better than I anticipated because it was just like I was doing nothing and I was like, I'm going to take myself to the cinema and just enjoy a stupid movie. Yep. My expectations were through the floor. Yep. And that helps your experience when, of course. You, uh, yep. when you go watch a film because you're not expecting too much. Um, and then you kind of just appreciate the film for what it is rather than you want it to be. Um, Because that has shot me in the foot multiple times. But this movie, Fall, is about two... What are they? Like... Females. Yeah, two... two, Obviously, two females. But they're like thrill seekers. Right. Adrenaline junkies. Adrenaline junkies. Sure. That climb the... Mount Everest. Yes, Josh. The Mount Everest of ladders. Yes. The the sixth highest structure in the US is what they label it as. That's so random. Um, is it real? I haven't fact checked that, but okay. it probably is. Okay. Um, <clears throat> sorry, probably isn't, but mm. maybe it is. I don't mm. know. Um, but yeah, so they climb this tower, and um, you know, as you're watching it, just like vertigo ensuing, oh. bloody while they're climbing, bro. I couldn't stop. You scared of heights? Yeah, my, oh. my my heights, and, I, and I've been skydiving. So have you been bungee jumping? No. Have I showed you the video of me bungee jumping? I've seen the photo of you bungee oh jumping. Oh my god! Cause <laughs> can I quickly tell that story? Yes, please. very quickly. Please. So I recently went to Singapore, right? And we had one day to kill. The last day, we had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking shit scared of heights. I'm like, fuck it. Why don't we bungee jump? I thought that might kill some time. Let's go. Whatever. I wasn't thinking straight. Obviously, right? We went there, and so Olympic divers they dive from 27 meters. Ooh. This was, no, 27 metres? This was 47 metres. Aye, aye, aye. Right? And it was on a beach, right? Singapore, right? Decent, like, country. You're not, like, bungee jumping in um, a third world country because now it's Singapore. So it's it's trusted, right? It's trusted. Um, And you get up to the top. And instant, instant regret. <laughs> instant regret, mate. It is so windy. I'm like seeing people jump off. You're over a pool, so they dunk you right, when you oh, reach okay, the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing saving you from life and death is a towel wrapped around your legs and done a little knot. They, t- oh, they, 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 they like tie a towel around the, your feet, tie a little knot, put a rope through. That's it. Oh, jeez. They give you no option of turning back. They put you on the ledge and they're like, 
Alright, you ready? Three, two, one, bye bye. They push you. You can't even look back because you're gone by the time you look back. And bro, I I swear I blacked out for like a second yep. on the way down. But after that, after that very event, I have felt like I can do anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's to touch on your thing with bungee jumping, yeah. that's exactly how I felt after skydiving. Literally, that, mate. And like you said, it's the anticipation leading up to skydiving. It was like, um, I remember I was keen to do it and then the day of when we were driving down to Wollongong to yeah. do it, I didn't speak. I was like, I'm yeah. actually jumping was, out of a I had no to time to think. Yeah, you Obviously, don't. I wasn't thinking. <clears throat> yeah. And then um, when you get to the place and like you get in, you get in, like yourself, you went up a tower, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, like yeah. in my case, I went, I got on a shuttle bus that took me to an airport mm. and then you're all dressed in your stuff and everything. You got your tandem jumper with you. And then, excuse me. And then- um, yeah, once that plane takes off, you're like, "Fuck, I'm in, I'm in the shit now." Like, I, I mean, like, there's no, I can't back out now because, like, good experience though. Oh, it was mad. It mm. was one of it's one of the best things I've ever done. T- tell me if I'm wrong. Do you reckon skydiving or bungee jumping? I think bungee jumping is more scary because you're not with anybody. It's legit you and a towel. Well, yeah, that's true. That's that's a good point. Mm. Um, I really wanted because to do skydiving, when I though. did skydiving, I was shitting myself. Yeah, and. Then once I felt the tandem, like open, the, no, you're like fine. The dude that was on my back, he's called a tandem. That, like that, it's tandem skydiving. You don't do it by yourself. Is that what they're called? You got someone with you. I just thought they're professionals. No. Is that what yeah. they're called, tandems? Well, no, like I think that's the word for it. Right. Okay. Anybody Sorry. that's listening, fact checkers. Yeah, God, we probably sound like <laughs> idiots right now. <laughs> but as soon as I felt his harness lock into mine. Yeah. I was like, bro, this plane could go down. I wouldn't care because oh. I've got a parachute on now. I'm sweet. <laughs> as soon as that door opens, yeah. the air is so cold up there. Yeah. And then the, the wind is just hitting you. And bro, I remember- you just get a height. Yeah. And I was yeah. terrified of height. Bro, everything's a dot looking down. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, mm. why am I here? And then I thought falling out, it was going to be like a stumble and then get to recovery. Bro, it was the smoothest thing I've ever experienced. Like, and then like literally my, I was, he told me to sort of like arch- put my feet under the plane and we just fell out like, mm. like just mm. smoothly fell forward. Mm. Oh, then when I, like when we touched down and landed the ground, but I'd incredible, bro, I could have conquered the world. It was Literally. such a good feeling. So, um, yeah, back to yes, fall. Sorry. The, no, 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 that's totally fine. <laughs> back to fall yeah. and they're, um, thrill seeking. So there's that feeling they're chasing the, yep. the euphoric feeling of conquering something that everybody is shit scared of doing. Mm-hmm. Which I totally understand. Um, but yeah, once they're, they're climbing this thing and you're just like, bro, I was in my seat. I couldn't stop sweating. I was like, just, I kept adjusting going like, I'm not comfortable with this at just all. Flashbacks like, yeah, to that like feeling <laughs> on the way up on the plane. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. This is so like, but then I was so engulfed in the movie that I forgot what it was about. So then when the inciting incident happens mm-hmm. and they get stuck up there, uh-huh. like, oh shit, that's right. That's oh, okay, good. I'm in now. Like I'm in. And without spoiling it, how do they make a movie about that? Exactly. They're that's in one tiny place. That's exactly what me and a guy said at work. We were like, we're interested to see how they drive the narrative forward. And they do it in a pretty spectacular fashion, if I'm being honest. And um, they, there's, you know, some things that come up. There's challenges they face. Mm-hmm. And um, does it turn nighttime? Like they have to stay over there overnight and shit. Yeah, well, they can't. Oh, they can't fuck. do anything. They're stuck yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know how long the <laughs> time span was. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, a couple of, 
couple of days up there. They're stuck. Um, Shit. And no, yeah, fuck it's just that. I would have jumped. Oh, it's fucked that. I, I couldn't. Like, I couldn't. Oh, it was just so because I didn't know it was labeled as like an adventure horror. So there was oh a ho- god. There was a horror element to it, but like. I did not find it scary in the least, yeah. but they tried it. I was like, all right, that, it could have done without this stuff. But um, no, nah, 4 was such a better movie than I expected. It reminds me like how you explain it of Shallows because it's kind of like based yeah. on that one boy or whatever yeah, it yeah. is. And yeah. I had, um, I was reading reviews after it because that's what I do. I read reviews and watch the trailers and stuff after the fact yeah. to see how much it spoils and everything like that. Mm-hmm, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reviews said it's got the same twist that any shark movie had in the 2000s. And I was like, yeah, but it worked for me because I haven't. What is that twist? Or does that give it away? Yeah, I'm not going to say the twist. But it was a twist that I didn't see coming. And then I was like, oh, okay. And I said it to a mate of mine at work. I was like, you know, the movie did what, like when I was thinking about, you know, how did that, like, surely that's not how it happens but then they addressed it in the movie so i was like okay so what i'm thinking is what they're addressing at the time which is a good thing which adds to my score as well Mm -hmm. but yeah i enjoyed fall um a lot of people out there don't which i i don't blame them but you know it goes off personal experience so you know two strong recommends for me ballers and fall so what do you give both of them out of five oh ballers can't miss for me so i give that five like just i haven't just because of the stuff i'm interested in it just nails everything and um i gave fall uh four and a half that's pretty high yeah and there's one there's one <laughs> element there? yes that's a good one i just it's just clicked <laughs> um with fall i took off half a star based on like the cringy sort of social media shit that's in it man that shit is way overdone these uh, days so i just hate it when i tell you what it was so cringy about it is all these social media integrations in these movies like the graphics and shit you see are done by adults. Yeah. Uh, just doesn't make sense, man. No, it doesn't. Because they don't know how to do it. <laughs> just leave them out. Like, like he's all that and She-Hulk. She-Hulk. And like, all these movies that are trying to integrate social media is just like, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> we don't no. talk about She-Hulk. No, we don't. No, so, no, yeah, no. that's my two yep, recommends cool. of the week. That's my Good wrap stuff. up. Joshua, can you hear about yours? Well, my friend, we have quite the two pieces of media right here. (laughs) Let me take a sip of my tea. So number one, we have the patient, which is a TV show, Disney plus. Yes. It is currently still going six episodes in. I think there's going to be a total of 10, maybe Okay. stars, um, Steve Carell. And let me, I don't want to butcher this name. I, the guy that played general Hawks in star Wars, I think it's Dom Gleason. I'm like, Dom, Dom and Hall Gleason. Dom and Hall Gleason, yeah. This guy? Yep. Wow. I got recommended to it, uh, got recommended to it by a uh, person at work. Wow. I'm I'm drawn in. And you know I'm drawn in? Because they're 20 minute episodes. They're easy to watch. Oh, shit. There you go. Yeah. So it's called The Patient. 87% of Rotten Tomatoes at the moment, 7.3 on IMDb. This is a longer line. A psychotherapist who recently lost his wife, Steve Carell, finds himself held prisoner by a serial killer with an unusual request to curb his homicidal urges. Damn. Yeah. So what I love about this TV show is like any good kind of piece of screen media, um, whether it's film or TV shows, you don't know how to feel about the antagonist. Yeah, right. So you don't know... you. 
have sympathy and empathy for them because they're like they're a terrible person with a serial killer but he obviously has a problem yeah exactly and it's like you feel sorry for him Mm -hmm. because he has trapped steve carell in his basement because he wants help he wants to change but in doing so he still bring back dead bodies and shit it's not a spoiler it's a serial killer yeah (laughs) um but also what makes it fascinating is you don't know how it's gonna fucking end yeah and like there are movies and stuff where, of course, you don't know how it's going to end it and it's really good. But this, it's different because you don't, you still don't know how to feel about the antagonist. You want Steve Carell to come out alive, but you literally can think of no possible way that this is going to happen, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, if he comes out alive, then the antagonist is either going to be dead or locked up and you don't want that because he's just trying to get better. You feel sympathy. You feel empathy. As bad as it sounds, feeling that for a serial killer, Dominic Gleeson plays an amazing role to make you feel that way. Right, okay. And, you know, I'm a sucker for these kind of one location, like, shows because, like you were saying, like, on the, you know, with Fall, with The Shallows, with Malcolm and Marie, all these, like, a one location kind of situations and, um, the way directors, writers and stuff can create a narrative from that little kind of surface area, yeah. physical space that they have, it gets me kind of, you know, sucked in because not only you don't have to think too much because it's one location, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's easy viewing, easy watching. You don't have to think of, all right, he's at this location, they're at this location. It's all one location. Exactly. And um you're just so fascinated about, I mean, you get little backstories to, you know, Steve Carell and his dead wife and stuff like that. And he's still trying to overcome grief whilst also helping this guy at the exact same time, kind of not kill any more people. It's, it's, um, it's crazy. And it's Steve Carell. Like you've never seen him before. Yeah. That's what I'll be excited to see is Steve Carell playing dead serious. Like there is a point where he just breaks down and he's screaming and you can't imagine that except for the, no, God, no, 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 from the office, right? But it's him going, ah, like screaming in agony and just pain of like he's, oh, it's hard to explain without like giving it away. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. All I say is watch, it's Steve Carroll with a massive beard as well. So yeah. he's unrecognizable. Well, there's one, um, there's one movie that I've been meaning to watch of his for a while. I think it's called The Last flag bearer or something like okay. that it stars steve carell and it's about like um you know the loss of you know losing a family member to the service of the country and stuff yep. like that and so, so i'd imagine it's a very touching story but dead serious as well mm. and um i really want to see steve carell in that light because you know you see comedic actors mm. oh in a serious light like it's domhnall gleason I think deserves to be in the conversations for the Emmys next year, just because look, it's not something, it's not a performance that's like, I think most Emmys and Oscars go to people that portray people that have died and stuff. Yeah. Like biopics are just something of the present at the moment, but this is a performance where it's like, he portrays a serial killer that you feel empathy for. Yeah. I think, that's it. Yeah. That's all you need to know. And that in itself, he deserves to be in the conversation, I think, for awards. There you go. Last flag. Flag. Last, Last flag. <laughs> Last flag flying is yep. the movie that I was okay. talking about. Steve cool. Carell. All right. Well, Steve Carell, he's, he's got range. There you go. And as you know, in this 
TV show if you watch it. So go watch it. It's on Disney Plus because it's like FX and, you know, same. I think it's the same distribution company. It's like Welcome to Wrexham. Okay, cool. But um, go watch it. Short eps. You don't have to commit to a hour, 10 episode each one. If it's like that, easy watch. Yeah, 20 minutes, 10 episodes, easy watch, Disney Plus. Go check it out. Now the last- I shall do such that. The last um, film that I'm going to talk about today, Blonde, the new Marilyn Monroe biopic. And I say that in quotation marks because we're going to get into it. So Blonde- No spoilers, please. No, of course not. Of course not. So Blonde- 49% 49% on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment, six on IMDb. The director is Andrew Dominic, a dude, which, oh, don't know, we'll get into it. <laughs> Starring Anna Diarmas as Marilyn Monroe. Yes. This biopic is based on a book. So it's based on a novel of the same name by Joyce Carol Oates. It's about Marilyn Monroe, that much is very clear, um, but it also plays extremely fast and loose with its historical details, and so does this movie. Okay. Um, Logline, a fictionalised chronicle of the inner life of Marilyn Monroe. Now, let's preface this. I gave it a 4.5 for the very reason of filmmaking, not the story, okay? Anna's performance, Anna, sorry, Anna's performance is incredible. Mm-hmm. I don't think she'll be nominated for an Oscar, but I wouldn't be surprised if she would. So I reckon she's like just missed out because I've like looked at like the predictions and stuff this year and she's, don't think she makes it. If it was up to me, she would win. She gets it. She gets it, but I just don't think she will. The cinematography in this movie was absolutely incredible. You get some over stylized artistic films like Elvis, which still works but can get a bit much sometimes. It's like eating a whole bunch of sugar at once. Some, you know, it's good in little bits, but overall, if you have lots of sugar, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, this is perfect. It's, it's um, changing aspect ratios, changing from color to black and white to distinguish certain views and certain perspectives and stuff, which I won't go into. This should be up for sound design like in the Oscars because the sound design was incredible. Like uh, the way that sound is portrayed with inner thoughts and just to sound is a main character, I would say in this film as much as Anna Diarmas is. Okay. The score, incredible. So soft yet so tantalizing at the same time. It draws you in. It's not too much, but adds to the story. Now the story itself I cannot speak on because like I said, it's based on this book, which loose, loose details about the life of Marilyn Monroe. That'd definitely be interesting because I don't know much about Marilyn Monroe. I visited Marilyn Monroe's grave when I went to America. Okay. Um, That's all I know. Is that she's dead? I know that she was a massive um, symbol of like, um, what's it called? Uh, Femininity. Feminist. Fem, no, not feminist. Femininity. Femininity in like, like, like and she like fought back on like studios of men and stuff like that. And she fought for control, like for women and stuff like that. Right. She's empowering women. Exactly. And she was like a symbol. Yeah. Like growing up. Right. I, this movie disgusted me. 
Oh. The story itself, it should not have been directed by a dude. I I was watching this movie with my hands over my eyes, mm. looking through the crevices of my fingers at times because I'm like, wow, this is fucked. I can't believe, number one, this happened. But number two, that a dude is directing this. Oh, shit. And now I found a TikTok by Kai Likes Film and he – made some points, which I'm going to read out, which I agree with in a sense about this movie. So this movie overall, some may say is disrespectful to the dead Marilyn Monroe Jesus. because they are going, they are going off loose fabrications of stories that may or may not have happened or have no evidence just to play into the story aspects of it. Right. Ah, shit. It is in quote unquote, a treadmill of trauma thrown at Marilyn Monroe and does not display any of the happy points in her life and barely focuses on her career. It basically, and this is how the director, the director says it, right? It's basically coming from a point of a suicide. And this is what the director said. Oh, sorry. You know what? Let's preface this conversation. This is not for under 18s if you're listening to it because oh shit this is the first ever warning yeah, on the warning meeting. if you don't want to like jesus okay it's it's pretty intense so warning for people under Wait, 18 how long does this movie go for three hours oh, almost okay. two hours 40 minutes you gotta watch, watch it, it though. when i get home you gotta watch it you gotta watch it yeah so, this is what the director said it's about a person who's going to be killing themselves it's not about her lasting legacy right so it's about uh, that's that's the standpoint so that the director it's exactly not- it's not a biopic. It's about, because Marilyn Monroe OD'd on prescription medication, I'm pretty sure. It's basically like if Bohemian Rhapsody focused on Freddie Mercury getting AIDS and not Queen. Uh. It basically is like if Elvis focused on his alcoholism and his drug abuse rather, rather than, than his happy points, his in, his happy points in his career, right? It's, it's, I feel like this director is kind of a raging misogynist as well. Right, just saying, just saying, look, look, look. This is what the director said. She wrestled control away from the men at the studio because, you know, women are just as powerful as men. Mm -hmm. But that's not really a lens that's interesting to me when looking through it. Like, basically saying you like seeing women struggle, I guess. Who said that? The director. Oh. He said... She wrestled control away from the men at the studio, but you know women are just more as, uh, just as powerful as men. But that's looking at it through a lens that's not so interesting to me. Oh. Why is this guy directing this film? Why is a guy directing this film, right? There are fabricated stories, which you were seeing this. Warning, warning, warning. Oh, I don't know if I can. Okay. Uh, like I said, fabricated made up stories that have no evidence, but... They put it in here to just continue the story along. Marilyn Monroe apparently had an affair with JFK. Mm -hmm. Apparently. No evidence. There was a scene in this movie, which I won't spoil, is a one minute. um, I think I know where you're headed. Yeah, the the R word. Yeah. There's a one minute oral R word scene with JFK, which has no evidence behind but it's made up for this story, adding to the list of things to make Marilyn Monroe basically kill herself at the end, right? Jesus. This is the most fucked up part. So they filmed in the real life house of Marilyn Monroe, right? Cool. But they filmed 
her death scene in the exact spot she died in in real life. Oh, that's that's traumatizing. How fucked? That's that's, that's fucked. Cooked. How disrespectful is that? That is cooked. All right. This isn't a love letter to Marilyn Monroe because it purely focuses on the abuse that happens to women um, and from a sexual standpoint, right? The director said he was interested in Anna Diamas playing the role because he quote unquote saw her naked in a film. What? Yep. So that is, um, look, like I said- That's a head scratcher. Like I said, this film, from a filmmaking standpoint, is great. Yep. Great. Take away the story for a sec. Amazing. Cinematography, um, colors, color palette, changing ratios, sound design, like I said, incredible. But there are people that are fucking upset and by God, they have a fucking reason to be. I feel like I need to watch this before it gets taken off Netflix. Literally, hey. It, I, okay, I don't understand. So there is a lot of abuse in this film. Why, why is there a dude directing this? Like mm. with the abuse, you know what I mean? Now, I remember thinking about it. I'm like, surely they didn't get a dude to direct it. I searched up, I'm like, wow, holy shit. The, uh, I think I looked up who directed it last night. It Andrew, like, Andrew, Dem- Andrew, Andrew Dominic. Dominic. And he directed Chopper, the biopic about Chopper. Yeah. He directed Killing Them Softly, starring Brad Pitt. And he also directed that, the assassination of ja- Jesse James by the coward. Oh, no, is it the other way around? That's no one idea. of the longest titles I've ever heard of, but people know what I'm talking about. Brad Pitt, uh, Casey Affleck yep. film. Um, <coughs> and then I was kind of like, Blonde looks like such a different film. It's, to, it's like it's like the difference with George Miller. He directed Mad Max Fury Road and he also directed Happy Feet. Like there's just yep. two different yep. like genres essentially. It's um. How does someone like this get? I don't, a, I don't get, know get how he gets geek. that role. I don't know, and <laughs> I just don't think a dude should be directing. And you, you will watch it and think the exact same thing because there are moments where you're like, ah, ah, fuck. <laughs> but then on top of that, it's like there's a dude behind this scene, oh, which it just shouldn't be, and is it's cooked, mate. I it's hard because I I gave it a four point five. For the very component of filmmaking. Filmmaking. But just knowing all of this, it's just so shit. And I don't understand why Ali Diamas must have trusted the fuck out of this director. Yeah. Because the shit that she's doing in this film and I just don't know. And mate, make a biopic about her life. Don't make it about a fabricated possible this happened, this happened novel. Yeah. You know? You know? That's cooked, man. So, Jeez. you know, see it if you want. It's um, not for the faint of heart. Um, I, I, I had to give warning to people before I recommended it. I do say if you're a filmmaker, definitely watch it for the very aspects of filmmaking. Um, if you're a fan of Marilyn Monroe, maybe don't watch yeah, it. Yeah, okay, there you go. Um, but yeah, so that is um, my wrap up and I'll give the patient a 3.75 okay. out of five and I'll give Blonde... For filmmaking, 4.5. For story, can't comment. <laughs> it's just not my place to comment. Yeah. I don't cool. know the fucking story, so. No, that's a fair shout. That's a fair shout. Well, I I'll definitely like, check it I out. I feel like people need to know this going into it, is that shit in this film is coming from a perspective that is not positive, and it's also coming from a perspective of possibly fabricated things that ain't 
that are just put in there to push the story along. Well, even what the director said. That's cooked. <laughs> they filmed in her death spot. That's, yeah, wow. Okay. I, I, I feel like I need to check that out before it gets taken yeah. down. It's also almost three hours, so a bit of a commitment. There but I, I would say artistically incredible. Ah. Moving on. <laughs> the next... <laughs> Topic. The next segment of the podcast, the progress. The progress. What just happened? I don't know. Wow, we. Those blew the speakers, <laughs> mate. Um, why don't we get you to kick it off this week? Because yeah. I feel like you've got a lot more to provide us with. Yeah, cool. So, personally, I did quite a bit for your. F- oh, not quite a bit. I did things for your film, mm-hmm. um, which were, which I still got to. Uh, finalized dates with you after this Yep. Um, for th- certain things that I asked. I chased up everybody, chased up people for their forms and shit like that. We locked in the budget yes, 100%, which we'll get into. Um, I filmed my producer statement for you to you go did. on the crowdfunding. It's great. Thank you. And we've locked in a special guest for the podcast next week. Yes, indeed we have. Because next week's episode will be a special one. Next week's episode will mark the date that has passed that Austin's crowdfunding will be up and running. Yes. So be ready to fork out thousands of dollars because we got to get this film made, baby. I'm joking. I'm joking. Empty your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> but next week's episode will kind of be like a celebration of that and basically marketing, promoting the shit out of it. Um, and we'll actually finally reveal the title of your film and what it is about. And for that reason, we have your main actor coming on. We've got Cooper Alexis joining us on Thursday. Very, very excited. Very, very excited. So be sure to tune in next week for that. Absolutely. Um, it's going to be a good episode. I'm excited. Amazing. So we have that, like I said, locked in the budget. That was a big thing. We yes. got things for a better price than we thought we were going to. And we have locked it in fully. So we're ready to go on Sunday. Uh, we have a couple more things we've got to polish up and everything will be ready. Yes. In terms of me, I... Started this week really shit because I was sick. There was a day where I just didn't feel like doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that got to me. There was a day I just took off where I was supposed to do stuff and whatever. The day after, which was yesterday, I sat down at two o'clock and I'm like, okay, I need to write. Because I had written the first three pages, the first scene. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. Let's continue. I sat down, had like an hour break in between finished at seven o'clock and I can say that I have finished the script for my film, The Magic Man. The crowd's just loving us today. Yeah. They it's are, just, I know, right? It's, it's great. It's honestly great. We have them at the touch of a finger, a touch of a button. And let me tell you guys, the script that I read, the parts that I read, because I'm going to go into it more and read more, hooked immediately. Reads professionally. Mm-hmm. The tone and everything is displayed greatly. It made me think like I can't wait for like I've got a couple of screenplays in the works and like incorporating some of like the action, I should say. Like by action, I mean the characters, yep. stuff like that, what yep. they're doing, incorporating that into my next screenplay. So it kind of like I was sitting there and I was moved by it. I was like, oh, yeah. this is really good. And like it's just, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for Thank it. You, it's going to be such a good thing. I appreciate that. And honestly, it it was surprising to me, like I said last week, about how easy it was. Yes. It was easy. It was very easy to get it out on a page, but still took a lot of work and effort to, you know, think of what I got, you know, 
the intricacies of yes. what I had to do. Now, I would like to speak about the process of writing for a yes, minute, right? Please. So, for me, it all comes down to the pre-production work. The shit that you do before you start writing distinguishes how easy it's going to be when you write. Absolutely. So, like I said, I had everything from the beat sheet to the beat sheet of the feature film to the breakdown of the chapters. I'd read the book back to front twice. I understand the characters back to front, written them all descriptions. I had all of this information in the back of my head and oh my God, it helped when I was writing. Oh, uh, it would. I knew where I was heading. I knew what I had to tease. I knew what I could give away, what I could not give away. I had all of this stuff in my head when I was writing to then when I put it on the page, you have a per, not perfect, in my head, how I wanted to portray it, a perfect proof of concept. Does that, all the pre-production work and the breakdowns and everything, like the way you've gone about it, does that eliminate writer's block? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, I figured it would. And I think writing off a book as well eliminates writer's block. But this is what I'm most proud of is I use the book as a guide. This is how I went about adapting. People may have different ways of doing this. This is how I did it. So on top of all the pre-production, like the shit that I did beforehand, when I was adapting the chapter or a piece of a chapter that I wanted to do, what I would do, I would go through that chapter and I would underline the... I would underline, number one, the pieces of dialogue, which I really like, mm -hmm. right? That I want to keep in the film. Then I would also underline the kind of actions that I want to head towards and keep in the film. Right. Once I read through that chapter and underline it, I then close the book. Then I write. Okay. Yeah. Write from my memory, go off my beat sheet, right? This is what I'm writing. I kind of make it my own. And if I reach a block or those blocks that I usually re uh, reach, I go back to the book and to fix that is what I've underlined. And I use that as the kind of solution to help me. There you go. So I would say dialogue, 90% of it is me with the 10% coming from certain quotes, which you had to keep in the film to make it understandable, right? Right, yep. And the action, it follows a similar structure, but there is so much more added that you kind of need in a film to whether it's exposition, whether it's your, I have characters that weren't originally in the chapter, I put it in the chapter to... Pardon me, bring more context to things that I tease and stuff like that. And I think I did it pretty well. Another thing with the dialogue is because it's all written in old London posh accent, I would imagine as I'm writing, me speaking in like a posh <laughs> old London accent. And it helped, believe it or not. I'll be like writing and I'll go, yes, may the torches of hell, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. blast you. <laughs> I'm like, if that works in an English accent, then sure, it yep. works. Um, but also it's been a challenge because you've got to like, it's written in very, is that wow. a loud scream? Yeah. <laughs> she wants to be a part yeah, of it. There you go. Um, <clears throat> you got to be, it's, it's hard because old English vernacular, people might not understand and you have to find a perfect balance of making it simple enough for people to understand, but still holding true to what they're trying to say. But yeah. if I copied it word for word, nobody would understand the script because it's like speaking in Shakespeare. And it's like, I watched the, uh, what was it? The tragedy of Macbeth. I watched half of it because I got sick of it. The Apple TV mm -hmm. black and white one with, um, Denzel Washington. Yep. That. Yep. And there was somebody else. Uh, the lady, I don't know. I can't remember. Francis McDormand. 
that one. Yes, yeah, yeah. Two great actors, but just I couldn't deal with Shakespeare. And like, I have no idea what is going on. It's like yeah, I'm fair. like listening to another language. Um, and I studied Shakespeare in school and just, anyways, that's it. So did that. Once I finished it, printed out two scripts, gave it to mum and dad. Um, and what they did for two lesson. Mum used to be a teacher and dad is just dad. So he, <laughs> but they're both good. They're both good. And they will go through and annotate the script and tell me what to cut out, what they like, what they don't. And I've sent it to the boys. My, I have my sh- inner circle of who I send it to, to get feedback. Yep. And for me, the harsher the criticism, you know, the better it is for me to then switch it up. Cause I have a while before this gets made and I want to make it perfect. Yeah. Um, like Lockie was already giving me ideas for like alternative lines and stuff like that, um, which is really good. And I want to get as much feedback as I can um, to make this as best as it can be. Um, and I'm really excited to hear what people think about it because I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. And it, was very it should i think from now i always had a, the opposite mindset but it should be easy to write if you've yep. done the work beforehand. exactly right. the work oh wait there's like a there's a there's a saying oh, i can't think of it off the top of my head i'm just going to butcher it and i'm going to say it in my own words but like the work is as easy as you make it based off your preparation yeah yeah okay so yeah, it's basically yeah, like, yeah it makes sense. um you know it comes back to that whole work smarter, not harder kind yeah. of thing, stuff like that. So as we mentioned at the start, like writer's block, for anybody that doesn't know what writer's block is, yeah. it's like when you're coming up with a um, an idea on your own and you're just writing the screenplay or a book or anything mm. like that and then you get to a certain point where you're writing and you just can't get past it. Yep. And that's because there might be a lack of preparation work into it. Um, you just don't have any idea how you can progress the story for because yep. it's missing an element and all that kind of stuff. And what Josh has done has just eliminated that yeah. entirely based off all the preparation. Exactly. You have a, don't get me wrong. You still might get writer's block. And there were points where I'm like, fuck, how do I do this? Yep. But yeah, I'd tell you what I love doing as well. So this is my last point that I have to touch on this. Yeah. Um, well, number one, another thing I'm proud of is I've added a bit of comedy into it, oh, which good. I th- I like, I, I'm not a massive, like, I, I just don't think I'm that funny, right? <laughs> but there are points where it just comes to you and you're like, this would be funny if yeah. this happened. And he added in and it works. And yeah, it's good, like, good. It's, it's, it breaks it up a little bit. It breaks the tone up a little bit because it's very serious and interesting, but you still want to have, you know, a laugh or two to keep you like entertained and, I don't know. I hope people find it funny. It's just little gags here and there that will yeah. make you laugh a little bit. And okay. um, it's still, I think there's something about writing this as well. It still has elements of magic and kind of magicians and stuff like that. It's not called the magic band really, but basing off it, it's it's it still has an essence of two's a lesson in it, which I love because I feel like that's going to be a common denominator in all of my films. There has to be some kind of mystique, yeah, some 100%. kind of magical element Absolutely. in it. Um, there was a joke there and I love putting pop culture references in my films. Mm-hmm. Like in Two's a Lessons, um, I, ha- I added a little line, like a little hello there, like yeah. a, a Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. and this has a different line. Okay, okay, I'll read it to you. <laughs> Let me get, it. I, 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 it's funny. Well, I think it's funny. Okay, maybe it's not funny. I, I'm getting your hopes up. <laughs> Drop your standards low and don't think it's going to be funny. So let Rocky me find the it. man is Tim Tamming again. Yep, sorry. Do you want to explain Tim Tamming? Okay, so uh, when we're in film school and we were doing screenwriting, it's basically 
um, our teacher, uh, he came up with this term like Tim, like don't Tim Tam your work. And what essentially that is is when you, like Josh, just did um, with his work because you're your own worst critic. Mm. When you have something and you're showing people, you're saying to them, "Oh yeah, but I did this because of this." And you're kind I, of yeah, playing you're down playing your down, ability. Yeah, you're playing down the ability, and you're sh- trying to just like prepare them for the worst. Exactly right. So therefore, you're Tim Tam in your work, and that's been a phrase that we've carried on in our yeah. lives when we've done something. Oh look, well, this is just a rough cut. Like, don't worry about it. And then people will just send a photo. Tim, of Tim Tam. Because um, <laughs> didn't he say you owe me your Tim Tam, and we had to yeah. give him Tim Tams every time we downplayed our work because exactly. you don't want to downplay your ability. Exactly right. Sometimes you just got to you know gas yourself up, be exactly. proud of what you've done, and that's what Josh is doing right now. Okay, so. The magic man has just performed this kind of like miracle where he's like done something or whatever. And um, I'll tell you what's funny as well. I've written extra roles that have lines for my boys. Uh, so when I get my boys in there, they will all have like a line or two to say each. Good, good. Like I have like doorman one, doorman two, crowd member one, two, three. <laughs> so there's this line. I don't know if this is going to come across. Anyways, I was about to Tim Tam myself again. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, the crowd begin to murmur and gasp as the very, I'm going to bleep this out. Um, the very they have been holding have also turned. Crowd member one, you're incredible. Crowd member two, but a buzzkill. Crowd member three, you're a wizard. Harry, <laughs> nothing of that sort. Crowd member three, he knows my name. He knows my name. How does he know my name? <laughs> but it, it, when it's when they're playing off each other, it would be you're a wizard, Harry. Yeah, he's just like, going like nothing of that sort. Yeah, 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 yeah. So although he's like you're a wizard, then he's like Harry, but he's just saying his name. But it's like the you're a wizard, Harry, kind yeah. of thing. Okay, thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, and yeah, that's basically it for my progress. And um, I can't wait for everybody to see this in action. Very well, very well done, sir. That's your awesome. progress. Progress for. Swirling Vortex. Yep. Um, essentially, Josh has taken on the bulk of it with um, the progress in terms of finalising budget, sending mm-hmm. out documents, chasing up people, head of departments, that kind of stuff. Um, whereas I've been prioritising like building up the crowdfunding campaign and I've hit a block, people. I've hit a block because I've never done this before. So I'm kind of, uh, I'm new to this. I don't know, like I know how to sort of like, um, Josh and Lexi were a massive help last week after the podcast kind of giving me advice on what to do with it and everything. I took that on board. But then like when I'm left to my own devices and I hit a block, I go, oh, fuck, like I don't know how to, like I don't know how to do this, like all that kind of stuff. So um, essentially I'm basing my crowdfunding campaign sort of how I'm interpreting how to do it and I'm basing it uh, off like classmates' campaigns that I've seen on Indiegogo as well. So what that means is that I've essentially I've built a Word document with like how I'm going to structure it and how it's going to look and everything like that. But then it's just about like I've got to record my statement for the thing to, you know, go into the video that will be on the website and everything like that. And then um, Josh and Cooper have done their part. So that's massive. Like I'm going to put it all together and it's all going to be done by Sunday. But, um, yeah, it's about figuring out the logistics of the crowdfunding and making the website look a certain way and, like, you know, making it easily accessible to people as well. And, yeah, I hit that block. And then when I hit a block, I kind of just go, I'll do it later. And then that kind of turned into a couple of days later. Mm. (laughs) So that's where I'm at with um, progress. But on a positive note, 
um, production design stuff is working. Um, Lauren's working tirelessly on a guide, uh, like a style guide. On a style guide as well. She's um, juggling the time between um, being on a feature film. When does the feature finish? I'm not sure, to be honest, but um, I'm not. I'm not rushing her because I know that there's a lot on her plate at the moment, and um, mm. you know she's very reliable. She's been um, in contact constantly, so it's good. I, yeah, it's I'm, good. I'm trusting. Good. I'm trusting her, so it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, Teague, mm-hmm. being the legend that he is, yep. has helped us out massively in terms of budget. Yep. Um, he sent me a quote last week, and um, we counted it with sort of like what can we do towards this budget can you get it closer to this and that and then he negotiated yes negotiated the budget down to what we can afford and he met it and we're locked in in that budget and Mm -hmm. we couldn't be any more happy so thank you teague and then um a couple of phone calls i've got to make and i need to lock in uh camera crew call which will that's right maybe happen tomorrow Oh, really? Yeah, that's what Teague okay. and I were discussing, but I need to put the message out. Um, and we locked in a gaffer because, mm-hmm. um, you know, for unfortunate reasons, we had uh, a gaffer pull out um, to look after himself, which I totally respect. Um, and then we welcomed on a new gaffer and he couldn't be any more excited to do the project. So I'm glad that's awesome. that that's all um, I love locked, locked in. And Some would say it's lockied in. It's lockied in. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's law. Yeah. But um, <laughs> stop that! Stop that right now. Um, his name's Lachlan Laws, everybody. So that's what that's what that word play amazing, was. Yeah. But yeah, so things like things are like I say every week. Things are happening beyond my control, but based off my own personal. Progression. It mm. hasn't been as productive as I'd like. It what to be. exactly are you stuck on with the website? Okay, so your your website looks one way, but then when I'm setting it up, I don't know how to make it look that way. Do you know what I mean? What do you mean? Okay, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to describe it after. I can't really describe it on here. I have to have it up in front of me, essentially. But making it look pretty, mm-hmm. essentially. How do I do that? I've never used this website before. I'm not exactly computer savvy myself, but you know, these are obstacles I'll learn and easy fix. Um, So there's that. And then there's figuring out like perks and stuff, Mm -hmm. like things that I can deliver on. I don't want to not. Um, And like me (laughs) or you deliver two years later. (laughs) (laughs) I promise you that's not what I meant. Um, You're a dick. Um, (laughs) No, um, yeah, so there's things like that that I've hit a block with. We'll go after it. We'll go yeah, on it. We'll cool. go through it after this. Yep. Um, but yeah, how, terms, how, how are the animation talks this week? Oh, the animation talks. Look, that's a that's a confusing one. I've kind of put that on the bench based on like we're looking at maybe starting up oh, starting animation in February. Yep. Just to prioritize our live action stuff, the main shoot. And by the time that animation comes along to start the animator will even have the live action stuff to base it off. Exactly right. Which I think is perfect. We want to sort of make, like you did with your um, screenplay, we are preparing so it's easy. And also to fit in with the schedule of the animator because we really, really want him. Exactly. And he's a busy man. And um, And if he's willing to do it with our budget, we'll fucking wait. Yeah, exactly. As long as we want. 
um, there's that. And so in terms of animation talks, we're just trying to schedule. Um, and I wanted to go over it with you after this as well, um, setting a date that we can give him to be like, you reckon we can start now? Does that work with schedule? Yep. So we'll go into that. Massive production meeting after this. There you go. Um, but yeah, lots a pre of production meeting. Pre production <laughs> meeting, post pre production meeting. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> but no, so a lot of things are happening, and I'm just. Um, yeah, cool. There's one more thing that I need to lock in, though. Uh huh. I need to lock in a first AD. Yes. And that will be done by our next episode. Yes. That's my guarantee. It will be. Um,. So yeah, that's my progress, and we're we're smoothly sailing towards the twenty fifth of November. Yep. couldn't be any more excited to yep. direct my first short. Let's go! It's all being made possible by the man opposite me. We've helped each other and out you of a, as well. A, Trust a, me, man. A bad, not a bad place, a dark, dark place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, all this stuff is just going to pay dividends to our futures yep. and. Couldn't be any more grateful, sir. So thank you very much. Thank you. Um, yeah, so that's my progress. And yeah, I'm excited for Thursday. Seven out of 10, you said? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. I would give mine a 9.8. You know what? Fuck it. 10 there because I go. finished the script. Fuck it, no. There you go. All that's, right. That's good. Last topic. Last segment, Please. the dependent variable, because just like in science experiments, the dependent variable is a variable that changes, and this topic changes every week, Austin. To leave this on a happy note, traumatic shows and movies. On a happy, <laughs> happy note. <laughs> <clears throat> Alrighty, traumatic shows and movies that have just traumatized us. Yes. Throughout our life, whether from when we were a kid or movies that we've watched growing up, that is just, you know kind of messed us up yep. or in a way where we watch it going, what the fuck did we just watch? And I'm not sleeping tonight. So do you have any uh, examples? I do. And there's such different ends of the scale. It's not funny. Okay. So, go me. Um, touched on the podcast that we went on. A, we were guests on last week. Oh, shout out. Yeah. We were on a guest, guest um, guests on a podcast. Movies worth seeing. Movies worth seeing or movies worth watching. It, I think it's movies worth Mo- seeing. Movies worth seeing. There <laughs> Sorry, you go. Michael. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs> but um, yeah, so to touch on that, we, we spoke about movie endings. And mm. um, I have a common theme when I watch films and endings I like. Like endings that are earned and everything like that, but endings that don't bitch out yeah. of like what yeah, they yeah, set yeah. up. There's no yeah, convenient yeah, yeah, plot yeah. that sweeps the protagonist out and saves them from the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my first experience with it was a movie called Life starring mm. Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds and Rebecca Ferguson. Okay. And essentially oh, okay. that ending to that film ended on a dark, dark note when there was just no hope. Okay. Everybody was fucked. <laughs> right. Given That's not a spoiler, but when you watch it, you'll be like, Okay, everybody's fucked. Kind and of. how did that traumatize you? Because it was, I'm so used to the happy ending, you know, tie it up in a nice little bow and mm. send it off, okay. you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Um, like when they set up something that you're like, oh my God, this is not going to be a good ending. And then when it just follows through with the not so happy ending, you're like, I didn't know movies could do that. Like mm. I didn't know. I thought movies were supposed to have that nice little rainbow ending mm. and everything's all hunky-dory at the end. Okay, okay. Um, so that was the first one that I was kind of oh, okay. How did like, it make you feel? Scared. Scared. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wow. Like when I finished it, I kind of like the credits were rolling. I was just kind of sat there like, because like I said, it was my first experience with this type of ending. I was like, oh my God, like 
what if that was to actually happen? Like, and then something like Yikes. that was, you know, so that's what I was like, okay, that's, you know, shook. It shook yep. me. Um, the hashtag shooketh. Hashtag shooketh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the second movie that kind of messed me up was The Descent. Oh. Heard of The Descent? No. Oh, uh, no. Uh, a group of women go diving through, not diving. Oh, but like yes, actually. Climbing through caves. And bro, then these get, cave movies, and eh? they get locked in, and then oh, there's like fucking claustrophobia, monsters bro. down there. Oh! And then the ending, man, they it's such a like to put it in perspective. You know the ending of the first episode of Invincible. It's like false hope. Oh my god, false hope. Descent was my first experience with that. Is that then, like a forty-seven meters down kind of movie? You know where they go down and they're trapped and the sharks and shit like that. Pretty much. Okay, yeah, right, 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 right I haven't right. watched that. Okay, movie. all right, yeah. Um, but yeah, false hope, and it just left me, and it made me feel. Like all hope was lost. Like mm. I had false hope afterwards. But then also um, one that I'm pretty sure you're going to touch on as well was Midsummer. Literally just, just about to mention that. Yeah, Midsummer was- That was mo- probably the most fucked up movie I have ever seen. Yes, exactly. That movie is so beautiful yet- Disturbing. Disturbing and horrifying. And hot because Florence Pugh is in it. Florence Pugh, baby. Um- then like, I, sh- I showed that to my mates we were like out on a holiday and I was like, Hey boys, you want to watch a movie? Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. I played and all of them by the end of it were so shook. Like their jo- jaws dropped just like they could not believe what they were watching. It's, I couldn't believe like, like you mates, I couldn't believe what I was watching either. Ariaster, disturbing genius. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And his first one, hereditary is yeah. just as quite as horrendous. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, in terms of like, you know, those kinds of movies, Descent, Midsummer, and Life, I think they're the ones that have kind of left totally me. different age. But um, on the other side of the spectrum was Infinity War. Oh yeah, dude, <laughs> fucking oath. Yeah, I, I remember I watched it on Anzac Day, and oh, then God. went to the um, oh, no. oh no, Roosters vs Dragons Anzac. <laughs> and oh, I remember Beth, Beth kept saying to me like, yeah. Austin, are you okay?" I remember leaving that just. I, I, I didn't know what to speechless. do with myself. I didn't. I, I was just like, I can't believe that just happened. They, that I, wasn't that was an ending where they didn't bitch you out. Exactly. So yeah. that's another one that I should have mentioned on your podcast yeah. the other week, man. Um, but yeah, I those kind of films that just leave me with false hope, like all hope is lost. Like I just, I couldn't. I don't know what to do with myself after. That's they're the kinds of movies that traumatized me. Midsummer, bro. I still can't get over no, that. Yeah. If we're going to recommend any, even off this list that I'm about to say, Midsummer. That, you won't be the same after watching it. That final frame of Midsummer still sits in my head. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that scene was fire. Anyways. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> <clears throat> my list. These are mostly from when I was a kid. Okay. Traumatized. Number one. Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Okay. And you know, it wasn't the, I think it was just everything about that. The old one, which was the new ones, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, with Johnny, with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Old one, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Something about old London scared the shit yeah, out of me. It right. wasn't even the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> it was just old London and how they're all living in the same fucking place. Anyways, yep. that's low on my list, right? <laughs> There's something about that. I don't know. Number two, The Grinch. 
Just okay. his smile, man. Yeah, man. Yep. And Jim Carrey. Again, very low on my list. And these last two, I'll get into more. The Lion King. Now, I saw a TikTok this week of a little kid watching Mufasa's death scene for the first time. And the kid was in tears, man. And I, there were a couple scenes in Lion King, which I had to skip. Um, the yeah, death right. scene was just so hard to watch because every time I remember I used to watch it as a kid, I'd be like, I don't want my dad to die. Spoiler yeah. alert. Mufasa dies. Yep. It's crazy. So that pretty traumatic way. Fuck imagine seeing that as a kid, oh. man. You're like you're the, the king's dead. Like fuck. Yep. Relax, exactly. Disney. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Pulling those heartstrings. I know. The hyenas. Anything to do with the fucking oh. hyenas, bro. Scared of shit. Yep. Sleeping at night, hear a fucking noise. What what the, the hyenas have followed us. <laughs> fuck. Um Last but not least, this still sticks with me to this day as the scene I had to skip every single time. Don't ask me why. I just had to. When Mufasa shows up in the clouds and talks to Simba, you know how the clouds form and like yeah. Mufasa? For some reason, that traumatized the living <laughs> shit out of me. I could never watch it. I don't, I, I don't know why. It's just something I could never watch and it scared the shit. I'm like, this, how is this happening? <laughs> every time I looked up to, to the clouds, I'd just... I couldn't make he's eye there, contact with me. clouds he's for years, me. mate. <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah, it was just not nice at all. So the Lion King overall was pretty traumatizing for me yep. as a kid. Okay, still a great movie. Do you know one thing that's just sprung to mind? I remember um, when I was younger, my mum took me to watch, took me, my sister, and my brother to watch The Dark Knight in cinemas. <laughs> yep. But the trailer for Taken played, and oh, oh. one shot that oh, absolutely no. traumatized me from that trailer was when she gets dragged from under the bed. Do you know that shot? Yeah. She's on the phone yeah, and then yep, he's like, yep, yep, yep. and they're going to take you. And then it's just like, obviously sound design played a massive part, but then she just gets dragged and screams over that. I didn't sleep for the next two days. It was absolutely terrifying. I couldn't sleep. I left the light on. Me and my brother were sharing a room. We couldn't sleep. Like it fucked me up. Yeah. <laughs> just speaking about not sleeping. This next movie was my most traumatic movie oh. of my childhood. And still to this day, I refuse to watch it. This movie messed me up like no other has. This is the definition of trauma. The cat in the hat. Oh, yes, definitely. That's a good shout. That's a very what good shout. What fucking movie yeah. <laughs> shows a man like cat hiding <laughs> in kids' closets and under their bed. Yeah, that's pretty cooked. I'm sorry. And then when you watch that as a young kid, you're like, this is so cool. Is but then watching it through an adult lens, no. it's... Ooh. Watching it as a kid, ooh. brother, that <laughs> formed the idea that there are monsters under kids' yeah. beds and <laughs> monsters in the cupboards. I could never, ever, even to this day, watch it because I still have little trauma yeah. aspects <laughs> looking into my cupboard at night. I'm like, there's a little slit in the cover. Close. You, you Everything, bro. Red, red and white hat. Nah, and it's just like- Not for me, not for me, not for me. He's fucking weird, man. <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> Mike Myers, like that. Is Mike Myers? Yeah. That's just, I can't believe they, they allowed that. Uh, Going past the script phase and even making it just like, it's just traumatizing. Yeah. I just, I can't do it. Can't do Cat in the Hat. And I did I watch just, that movie quite a few times as a young child. I liked it. Just, you liked it. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. You sure? Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. That's the dependent variable for this week. Uh, traumatizing movies. And um, I think 
we reached the end of our podcast. We have. So, Josh, please take it away. Where can these lovely people find us? Guys, the pre-production meeting on YouTube, the pre-prod pod on TikTok and Instagram. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, fucking Listener, wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps us massively and we it appreciate has. it. Yep. Um, and coming up on Thursday this week, but mm-hmm. for you guys it'll be not the Monday coming, the Monday after. Yep. Um, will be a very exciting episode and one that I'm very excited to share with you all and um, stay tuned. Well, by the time you hear this, mm. the crowdfunding campaign will be live. Yep. Um, links will be all over our socials and stuff like that that you can follow and any contribution helps. But that will all be shared in the video in the description of the crowdfunding campaign. That's so without it. any further ado, Tie a little nice bow on this yeah, episode. Yeah, baby, let's and do it. Let's get out of here. Alrighty, peace out. Peace Thanks out, for everybody. Guys. Peace. Appreciate it.